1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job
2: on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Uh, this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? He can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. He can advise you on management overalls, management willies, and the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig shit out from under your fingernails. Because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. (laughs)
4: Hi everyone, it's Auntie Jean here. We are at the Old Fleece near Stroud and we've had a lovely roast dinner lunch and I am with Barb,
5: aka Kelowna Girl.
1: Eric.
4: Julie Harvey. And Barb and Eric are over from Canada again. And Julie is living up near Stratford-on-Avon at the moment. She's come an awfully long way to be here, so that's lovely. We are going to sing you a Dumpty dum How good it'll be... Oh, my husband's here as well, but he didn't want to join in because, you know, he doesn't really listen to the archers. He's why did I marry him? I must get a divorce. I must remember to do that. Anyway, are we ready after three? Yeah. OK, one, two, three... Dum dumpty dumpty dum Dumpty dum 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 dum
2: <laughs> <laughs> folks, this is de Dum, the show about the reality drama that I sent at an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the spacious extension that is Roy Field Brown. And with me I have the Jerry Built Shack that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Jimmy's very kind gesture, folks, is you know this week's de dum is from our auntie, your auntie, everybody's Auntie Jean, who makes another appearance in this show, actually, Lucy. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. Now, Lucy, <laughs> I, it's just about the time when we can officially really start to beg for Dumpty okay. Dums again. So if somebody wants to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can that be done?
5: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then you can call us on 0203 031 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his brilliant, uh, no, for his podcast roundups. Shambridge for her brilliant voices, <laughs> Mike Hatton for his character counts, and Derek, low in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's also been trying to practice for the flour and produce show. Uh, so far, he's only managed to produce some sloppy donuts. Uh, so he's waiting <laughs> for the tummy bug to go before he starts baking properly.
2: Hey, <laughs> you are naughty. Uh, you know what? What? Please, folks, I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, but go read those podcast roundups that Cosmo does. Because actually, Cosmo goes rogue. Right. So he, <laughs> but we'll be talking about stuff on the show, and he will just wildly disagree. <laughs> In in the roundups and stuff like they are really good. He's very funny, very dry writer. They
5: they cut the van. They couldn't. Yeah, like
2: he he knows his editorial oversight, and he's known this for quite some time. (laughs) He just writes whatever he wants to write. It's brilliant. So please, folks, go and read those podcast roundups. And um, just like we occasionally talk about the archers, he occasionally mentions us talking on the podcast as well. (laughs) He's brilliant. Well done, Cosmo. And, yeah. and Mike Hatton, you know, bless you, sir. Uh, you are you are um, the geeky, nerdy genius that we do uh, need as being part of part of this whole show and just going through and counting <laughs> which characters have appeared. And then he talks to himself in the comments as well. He says, "This is the first month." <laughs> <laughs> Mike Hatton, you are wonderful and bonkers yeah. as well. And of course, Shambridge are you know uh, you are the cherry on top of our dum de dum cake. So thank you for everybody that contributes uh, and. On this week's show, I was going to say Claire. Good God, it's not Matt Corner, it's Dumpty Dum. On this week's episode, Lucy, we hear from David, Red Agnes, Jean, and Claire. Uh, but first, before all of that stuff, right, Luce, oh, my God, we've only got like four calls. Now, actually, we've got Lydia as well, Tabard. We've got Tabard at Roundup News. Uh, but so we're going to have to fill. So I hope you've got some great anecdotes. Which you can depart because, like, I don't know what, how we're we going to get through an hour. But anyway, before Tabard Corner, before Ronty Jean becoming famous, it's our Lucy and a Week in Ambridge.
5: This Week in Ambridge was spent with everyone shortening phrases. Getting rid, end of, bone to pick. Were they particularly pushed for time? With the Desert Island Discs team making winding up gestures to them through the glass? In between shortening things, they were all going quietly mad. Leonard didn't seem sure what a spoon was. Eddie described himself uh-huh. as a small tea and a bacon sandwich. And Lexi announced her intention of stealing Kirsty's carpet.
6: Well, we
5: met Joy <laughs> Horville anyway. So that was nice. Her husband's Keith. Keith Harris and Horville. I wish I could fly!
0: But I to her.
5: Well, that's lost the Americans. Anyway, she's destined to be Linda when Linda first came to Ambridge and we but all I hated can't. her. can't.
0: You can yes, You can. <laughs> <I> can't.
5: can't. <laughs> Hopefully, Joy is not going to be around for long because she is exceptionally irritating. By the sound of it, Jimus will have strangled her with her own washing line within the next fortnight. And as harassment is the only law enforcement in Ambridge, Jimus will get off free as a bird. In other news, we beat hey. Edgeley. It's Darrington next. Way! Sorry, I'm trying to draw up enthusiasm when really the only enthusiasm for cricket I have is listening to Tracy lecturing Linda on it and wondering why Tracy just doesn't tell her a load of rubbish and snigger while Linda dutifully writes it down. When she announced that what they needed to beat Darrington were more rib ticklers, surely she could have just said (laughs) French ticklers. Where would have been the harm? (laughs) Oh, God, David's been up in the attic again. One of the scriptwriters got the boy's book of midlife crises for Christmas and he's using it as the entire basis for a David storyline in which he's terrified of being 60, has started running, wearing a leather jacket, playing tennis and listening to loud music. He hauled down a box of old shite, and Leonard, with all the peculiar intrusiveness he has for wading thigh-deep into the business of someone else's family, went rummaging through it with abandon, (laughs) unearthing a (laughs) tennis racket. "'I wanted to see if I still had it in me,' said David. "'I'm no expert, but you'd notice if you had a tennis racket in you, David, I'm pretty (laughs) sure.' (laughs) "'What is hard for Fweddy, said Elizabeth, "'is that he is not being given chances.' I really, really, really wouldn't try saying that in front of Emma, Elizabeth. Saying it in front of Tracy is fine, as she'd agree with anything on the off chance it might get her a Sunday lunch. No celery, (laughs) thank you. Freddie was being given the chance to be a womble, according to Emma, in his trundling about the village, towing a wheelie bin behind him, collecting people's plastic bottles to make art out of them. It all just feels a bit pointless, he said. Emma agreed wholeheartedly, and the entire nation nodded along sympathetically. What have you made, Freddie? It's an enormous sculpture for a plastic bottle. Oh, well done, you. What are you going to do with it now? Um, put it in a recycling bin? My God, it's like Greta Thunberg's in the room. <laughs> this rewilding nonsense continues apace. Still, none of the Aldridge Archer clans seem to identify anything a little bit cringe-making about conversations like the one between Phoebe and Jennifer. Granny, could you ask mum to ask Granddad to rent us some land so great-grandma can give us half a million quid? Thanks, granny. Love you.
2: <laughs>
5: people always say pregnant women go a bit bonkers. I don't think they go bonkers. I think they just get very cross, uncomfortable, overly hot and start wanting to throttle people who keep poking them and saying, Not long now, then. Although Lexi did express her intention of stealing Kirsty's carpet, as I mentioned earlier, I think she was entirely justified in legging it from Honeysuckle Cottage as they were making her sleep in the baby's room and she'd never fit in a Moses basket. But running away to Linda seems a bit of a frying pan fire situation as Linda will advise her to steam her fanny and eat raw licorice. Hey? Jenny, darling, you know, like goop.
0: Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny
5: Darling, on the other hand, cannot even say Lexi's name without choking over it. Just keeps waffling on grandly about my future grandchild. I don't know why she doesn't refer to Lexi as the vessel.
0: Over at Brooker's,
5: (laughs) Jill and Leonard, tired of rummaging through David's personal belongings, decided to make cakes out of the inside of a pig. It was a recipe Doris had written down when she was in the later stages of advanced senile dementia. Jill was wary about giving away the secret ingredient. Actually, the secret ingredient was weed killer. It was a suicide pact (laughs) made between Dan and Doris if the scriptwriters made them have one more conversation about crop rotation. Jimis is building Jazza an extension. I foresee much hilarity with Jazza insisting on it having leather floors and a spiderium and Jim building an <laughs> oak library and a sculpture gallery. However, the most important thing is that Jimus, for political reasons, has banned Philip Moss from building it, which means we are spared months of him plopping on about his bad neck. Kate and Jenny darling spent an enjoyable morning in the kitchen of the Aldridge's teeny tiny little home, barely enough room to swing a tagine, but which managed to cope with both of them and a 100 different utterly revolting sounding vegan cakes. Kate Mm -hmm. has insisted on Jennifer deliberately throwing the match in the third round to allow spiritual hummus to win. So Jennifer is concentrating on Brian's (laughs) gentleman's buttonhole instead. (laughs)
3: to be honest he's no spring chicken
5: and although he seems to keep himself in good nick I'm pretty sure his gentleman's buttonhole must be like the Grand Canyon by now but Jennifer's (laughs) got to do something to keep her mind (laughs) off Lexi sorry the vessel And Vince Casey was back, the peaky butcher. Sadly, we didn't get to hear him call David Marmite again, which was upsetting, but he did block him in with his BMW. You see, goodies in Ambridge have old Volvos and Land Rovers and nasty upstarts have BMWs and Range Rovers. It's very simple. Anyway, Eddie seemed to treat Vince (laughs) Casey as if he was the Don Corleone of abattoirs. (laughs) Well, I suppose if you run an abattoir, putting horses' heads on people's beds is relatively easy to organise, logistics-wise. So, in a scene which would defy belief if you saw it on television, David, doing his evening run, wearing his Pirates of the Caribbean leather jacket and swinging a tennis racket, stopped off at Brian's house, who was eating his tenth bit of vegan mushroom cake, to say, I know, let's open an abattoir. Righto, said Brian, where do I sign? I mean, I like it though. It's not a bad idea. And lots of employment for the village. Emma has chicken gutting experience, for one thing. Hooty Jill can make cakes out of the mangled remains. Freddie can tranquilise things. And Will can be in charge of the bolt gun as long as no one makes any loud noises near him or says anything he disagrees with. Fun for all the family, I say. <laughs> and anyone who disagrees can shove it up their buttonhole. The end. <laughs>
2: Well done, Freeman. That was so much better than last week. You were on point this week, weren't you? I can feel that you actually put your back into it this week. You enjoyed it this week, didn't you?
5: (laughs) I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. Well, Well, it was a lovely week to
2: do. It was, was it?
5: Yes. Do you not think it was? Uh,
2: When I have to look at the BBC website. And go through uh, their roundups and what's happened. <laughs> Says to me that I can't remember.
5: That freckles <laughs> happened. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And the whole thing with Vince Casey, though I listened mm. to that episode, for some strange reason, was lost on me. I think um, I was maybe washing the dishes and there was a pot that needed extra scrubbing at that time. And the whole nuance in the Vince Casey thing kind mm. of passed me by. But yeah, I. I for me, it wasn't a vintage week, but I liked it. I, liked I it.
5: loved it. And I am wildly biased because it was a Warburton week, but oh. uh, I, I I loved it.
2: Oh, loved okay. It. All right. Yes. So we are seeing Tracy just become an integral yeah. part of everything, yeah. aren't She's we? She's
5: everywhere. I mm. love the way as well she just says, why? <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when um, Elizabeth came out and said, you see, Oliver around Could I have a quick and, and Linda said oh he's in his office but I will let him know that and she just went why <laughs> <laughs> she's like Tracy's like having us there she's like having she's like she's like our insider she's like our woman on the inside Tracy Horabin.
2: because she, she just she... asked
5: the question and says mm-hmm. the things that everyone else goes exactly why don't they right. ask that and she, she no, exactly asked, right
2: yeah. to the right to the heart of the yep. matter yep. and social conventions be damned yeah like uh, I what Do you mean I have a place? I have a place. No, no, no. I'm just going to ask that question and and just do what I want to do.
5: Because with with any other, when that storyline happened about, she said, oh, I'm going to ask Oliver around for for Sunday lunch to say thank you for Mm -hmm. organising that. If that had been any other character, any, apart from Eddie Grundy, any other character in The Archers.
2: No, Susan would have also said, Well, actually, it was me. No, Susan no, no. No,
5: Susan would have gone home, spoken to Neil, said, See if you can let her know subtly it was me, blah, 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 blah. Everybody else would have done this really round the village. It would have dragged on for weeks. It would have been one of those things where people try and tell the other person something and they keep interrupting <laughs> them and not listening. And it, we would have all been throwing mugs at the radio shouting, for crying out loud, just buddy tell her. But Tracy just goes, it was me. <laughs> and just cuts through. It's like, she's like she's like the storyline. Uh, she's like streamlined storylines because she doesn't bullshit. She just goes, absolutely. Yep, that's me. Where, where's Where's my prize? Thank you. <laughs>
2: It's, re- it's you very refreshing. What? I I think you're right. As always, you is right and I is wrong. Uh, so, and also she's got, well, we've realised this with the way that she was with Emma, but she has a heart. You know, she, oh, she yeah. wants to give Freddie, you know, yeah. a second chance. And yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, we love our Tracy. Well I don't done, think it's second.
5: It. I think it's about 17th. But anyway, we'll go with second. Yes.
2: Another chance. Another, Another chance. chance. Another chance. Um, Joy Horville. Hmm. <gasps> Surely we're not going to hear from her ever again. She can Why? Just point-
5: Why were we not allowed to have Vicky and yet we have her? Who's basically the same person, except Vicky is nicer. And a better yeah. actor. Oh, sorry. And a more interesting and,
2: character. And, and funny. Yeah. You know what? You're not wrong, you know, Lucy.
5: If the only why thing's is different it? is the accent.
2: Why is it, though? You know what? You're completely right. Because when you said that, I thought, wait a minute, Joy Horville, she was a Brummie. Were, no, she's not. She's a Geordie, not she? No, she's a Geordie. They have yeah. to keep put, putting Geordie
5: women in so we can distinguish them. <laughs> well, so that's are, why rather... we've got Natasha, who's Welsh,
6: mm.
5: uh, Ruth, and. Um, and Joy, who is from the uh, northeast, because mm. all the other women sound the same. You can't have too many RP women yeah, but all like, in
2: one village. There is like the northwest of England, there is Yorkshire, there is the South West, there is East Anglia, there are other accent groups, there is the East Midlands. Yeah. So But there's that- got
5: to be strikingly different so that you can when she's a new character, you've got to know straight away who she is. That was the problem with the Fairbrothers. Mm. You'd spend half the scene going, Who's that? (laughs) Why is David talking to himself? Oh, I see.
0: Yes.
5: (laughs) And then because there were two mm. of the buggers, you couldn't work out which
2: one it was. But this Joy Horville, is she Mm. going to be. I wish I could fly. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> no, she's not.
5: I've been singing that all sodding day. She's I just imagine there was a massive, great lime
2: green duck wandering around the village. Didn't he die about <laughs> ten years ago? He did. what, Orville. No, come on, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> was it Keith Harris? Was that him? Yes, he did yeah. die. Yes. Yeah. All, all a sad business. I could never understand. That double act. Like, it just no. wasn't funny. Like, teenage no. me, child, you know, me, age 10, watching that going, this isn't funny. No. <laughs> It just wasn't at all funny.
5: <laughs> you do realise three quarters of our audience are now Googling Keith Harris and Orville to try and figure out what the bloody are You know are we what, doing
2: and, and so they should. They're do all you know Anglophiles. Don't, don't
5: bother. Honestly, don't bother. Well, do no, you, I think they should. They're all, huh. They are all
2: claim to be Anglophiles, and that's the reason why they listen to the archers. So, huh. immerse yourself in our culture and the crapness that was, you know, the yep, 80s 19, double act yeah. of Keith, Harris and Orville. Good yeah. grief. Anyway... <laughs> And, you know he's in a better place right now, <laughs> and you know I, I. It sounds really mean. His career is going better as this. well. <laughs> Don't even, even me. I was I was unsuspectingly mean. You were deliberately mean, but he just wasn't <laughs> particularly funny. Um, no. Jennifer and Lexi. I loved that.
5: I loved it. Mm -hmm. I love it because she is when I was was sort of I was only half joking when I said I don't know why she doesn't call her the vessel because Lexi as a person I mean I think Jennifer's hoping that once she's given birth and handed the baby over ideally to Jennifer who doesn't quite trust Adam and Ian to look after it properly she's she she's the type of you know you could just imagine her accidentally pushing Lexi out of a window just because she's (laughs) so kind of you're now completely irrelevant who are who are you? Yes, yes, well done for for walking around carrying it, and now you know bugger off back to wherever. She's just has no interest in the woman other than as the vessel.
2: Well, to be fair, right? You call her the vessel. That's exactly her role in all of this, isn't it? You know, they needed a a, a, a womb mm. to 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 grow their sprog. A
5: womb with a view.
2: Exactly. A view. So mm. yes. It, very apt just to, to treat yeah. treat her as thus. So hm. Uh and again we have Linda's warm side, don't we? Linda as um with a social emotional antenna. Uh yeah, it's large partly, that-
5: it's partly but but she's also loving the fact that she's in control yes. of a situation that Jennifer
2: isn't. I mean it's not I mean, let's
5: let's let's not paint her with too philanthropic a brush. No, I mean she's no, no. absolutely well, well, no, reveling
2: well, we, in it. No, but also we've got to remember that she can never have kids. So she yeah. feels very protective yeah. in that way. So come yeah. on, don't be mean to our Linda. But the again, best bit just, mm.
5: The best bit was uh, was Brian, Brian. Brian Brian had a triumph of a week talking about having to eat grey bricks that Kate's made. <laughs> and then David turning up saying, I've been running, and he says what from? <laughs> it's just... I just loved it. It's just
2: brilliant. Really, oh. yes. Oh, no. it, it, There was lots of deft writing this yeah. week. Uh, and, and it was one of those kind of character study weeks. Yeah. So uh, props to uh, Warburton, uh, because if you said he was good, yeah, he must have been good. He makes
5: really good bread as well.
2: <laughs> hey, you're on fire so how, week, we can, you? how we
5: can knock them up quickly.
2: <laughs> knock up the odd loaf
5: in between... You know, get things proving so, while he's um, writing the next script.
2: Mm-hmm. So last week you said that Oliver mm. and Tracy... Tracy, yes. ...could be a thing. Mm. You could be right, couldn't you? Well, you know, people
5: people kind of... It keeps being mentioned as well on the Twitters, you know.
2: Mm. How do you feel about a May to September? Um, is it May to December? What is it? Is it May to December? It's May to December. It can't be September, yeah. can it? Because there's not many months different. So a May to December romance. So where do you stand in, on, on those types of things, Lucy? A bit of grey love.
5: I don't, well, I was all right about it until you called it that. And then... Uh, um, it's not really the age thing. It's the... It's the class thing. I'm not sure if... If... Uh, Oliver is has the ability to transcend class boundaries in the way that it would require him to do if he if he if he got together with Tracy.
2: But but Tracy would.
5: Oh God, yeah, Tracy would. <laughs> yes, oh, because would as we said, th- Tracy Tracy doesn't see those boundaries. Well, that's she's what uh, I was going to say. You
2: know, Tracy would think that she's transcending them, but would she be though?
5: What do you mean? I don't well, understand the question.
2: Well, you know, she would she would not see the you know various uh, social mores, hurdles, etc., and just kind no. of crash through them, and then create mm. a whole load of other issues as well.
5: Yeah, but I mean, anyway, you know, mm. you, to, to segue from Caroline to Tracy Horabin. Is 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 quite the transition, isn't it? I mean, you know, the doyen of the hunt ball, and mm. Tracy reminds me of one of those women that they advertise bingo on daytime television. <laughs> no, I can't. I've can't. <laughs> won three hundred pounds of really, You know, I can, it's just I can't. You know, I don't think I think that would be straining our our credulity to the absolute uh, max. Mm. But um, you know. Could be a fling, could be a kind of a a quiet little, but it wouldn't even be a quiet little thing though, because Tracy would, Tracy would want to talk about it. She wouldn't understand why she shouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it would be worth it to watch Susan combust. That would be that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> absolutely.
5: Oh god, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: In fact, somebody messaged us about that very thing. Oh, uh, go on then. Um, God was it God Oh that's right Mike Cordell Mm -hmm. first time writer in era I was interested in the comment about Tracy becoming Oliver Sterling's new love interest and possibly Chatelaine of Gay Grables. That would not go down with Susan, who prides (laughs) herself on being the most successful, socially acceptable horribin. She does, that's absolutely true.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. She would, she would, she would. Well done, being a first-time emailer in a row as well, sir. Uh, right, you know what? I've got loads of notes here because, I said, I really had to do some research just to remember what, what had actually happened last week, and I realised it was all subtle. And, and mm. obviously, if things when things are subtle and nuanced, uh, they go over my head. I need to be bludgeoned for me to yeah. realise what's actually happened on the arches. <laughs> but I can just, like, prattle on and rattle on, uh, and people don't pay their hard-earned Patreon pounds dollars uh for that Lucy. They pay for the week in Ambridge and also a little bit of this
3: Hello Ambridge
2: 3962. And first off it's our Auntie Jean.
3: Hello,
4: everybody in Dumpty Downland. It's Auntie Jean here. Um, I can't really say too much about the arches because I'm about three weeks behind having been on holiday. But I will say, Jenny, for crying out loud, it's not your child. Stand back. And Phoebe, it wasn't the best idea. It wasn't even the second best idea. And by Christmas, Brookfield would have that money. But the funny thing happened to me <laughs> today when I went to my mum's nursing home. I was chatting to a little doggy that somebody brought in to see to, see, to uh, one of the ladies and the chap said to me, are you Auntie Jean? Said, <gasps> no, Yes, I said, how do you know? He said, I'm a dumpty dummer. So now I am famous. Wow. I would expect all sorts of things to arrive at my house, <laughs> including the Tanger's full of cider and all sorts of things. But I just want to say a shout out to Simon from Wooten and Dredge, who uh, keep an eye out for the um, meetups uh, and do call in, uh, because, you know, we want to hear from everybody. I think Lucy and royfield will agree with me on that. Uh, yep, and as I say, I'm famous now, so oh, it must, it might just be too much for me to call in ever again. Unless
0: <laughs> <you're
4: speaking laughs> school, so
5: like,
2: I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. Wow, there you go.
5: Well, if it, I don't know if she's coming to Birmingham, but we better find out what her rider is. She'll need security <laughs> to get in and out of the building. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right now from auntie jean in the west country it's uh, claire from hawaii
3: hi royfield lucy and all the dumpy dummers out there this is claire from hawaii hope you're all doing okay this week um i was just listening to last week's episode and lucy and royfield on the mental health discussion and it's not really related to current plots but i was wondering when they're going to move forward with um, alice's story um on her potential alcoholism um speaking as somebody who is now 34 days sober which i'm rather chuffed with um it would be nice to hear how it goes and you know just see where where they're going to go pick this up and run with this and see where it's going to go um yeah it's taken me about 25 years to get to this stage and sadly for me one drink was never enough so you know it's one of those things again like with will and like with um elizabeth there are triggers there and it's working Mm. out what those triggers are um i'm just really happy to say that my life is a lot better without it so maybe one day i'll be able to just have that one glass of wine but right now I don't need it. Anyway, I'll be interested to see if anything happens with that. Uh, that's my tuppence for now. Better get my food shop inside because it's going to melt in this 90-degree heat. Anyway, take care. See you all soon and have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Oh, thanks for that, Claire.
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: we here.
5: There's kind of... We always we always say it about how you know the the the, the most famous one was um, uh, Ed Grundy recovering from a crack addiction in three weeks and then never mentioning it again. But mm. uh, apart from he has been t- talking about it briefly. Um, I know it is, but I don't care how they do it. To be honest, as long as they do it responsibly and they talk about the issues around it, like mental health or like eating disorders, like they did with Helen. Domestic violence like they did with Helen. I mean, it does, the, it's just talking, isn't it? It's just talking about things. And it doesn't matter how brilliantly it's done or how, uh, although, you know, the domestic violence one was done brilliantly, but uh, how, whether it's absolutely it? accurate. What? The, the domestic violence, what? You
2: mean the coercive control? Yeah. Mm wasn't done brilliantly. It was done very well. It wasn't done brilliantly. Gosh, I thought it was. Mm. Well, the stabbage at the end was, Uh, you know. Well,
5: but it was, all of a sudden, people were realising.
2: And the whole show became lopsided for two and a half years.
5: Yes. But what it showed, that's what I mean about highlighting issues like like alcoholism, like... um, like depression, like addiction. Mm. Um, It just shines a light into a dusty corner that a lot of people are living with and hoping, kind of hoping no one ever shines that light, but also absolutely desperate for them to shine the light because it then makes it okay for them to talk about it. Mm.
2: No, absolutely. And I think what they're doing with Alice, I think they're playing a blinder because – They, um, we know as the listeners that she has this issue. Chris is what if she still
5: does? Because we haven't heard her being drunk for a while, have we? Well,
2: because most people that have a problem with alcoholism, most not all, or at least a lot of people, anyway, can function. You know, it's not as if they're the, the old wino in the town who's, you know, slurring and, you know, and passed out on, you know, on the pavement. You know, mm. it's not like that yeah. for most people. No. They can hold down jobs, but it's people who are close to them that, that know that there is an issue. You know, there might be a little bit exuberant at parties, you know, and there are there are times when they're a little bit under the weather and it's passed off as, as other things. Um, I was really struck that when I I did some work four years ago, I did a, a podcast for the women's charity, Hope, in, in South London. And this woman said, I have been an alcoholic for 30 years and I've been a deputy head of a school and people just didn't wow. know. And I had vodka bottles in my desk. <sighs> she turned yeah. up to work drunk, but... It, but she could, she could mm. pass off to a certain degree. It was only yep. her, it was only her husband and her family that really had any idea of the extent of the problem. Professionally, she said, "You know, I'm I'm 55. I, you know, I get invited to conferences. She's and I'm always smashed. Mm. So, and I think that's the great thing about what they're doing with Alice. It's obviously a slow burn." And Alice can have her triumphs at work, but it's but it's anxiety to do with um her having to do presentations and then mm. maybe she then turns to the bottle. It's her being at parties and she can't moderate her drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And but it, and it's all just within the realms of if you don't if you're not Chris Carter. Alice is just kind of being Alice. You don't realize there's yeah. another thing behind yeah. it. So I think what they're doing is is, is brilliant. And what we're not mm. having is six months of every other scene yeah. being Alice staggering yeah. from one thing yeah. to another. Yeah, they're showing yeah. us that you know she's she can live with. Well, it's, it? it's, yes, it's high absolutely. functioning, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that that is brilliant. You know, you can you can just. Tune in, get a bit of Alice, and then not kind of realise, mm. and then it comes out in the fullness of time. You, the listener, but mm. I think Chris's role, Chris's position in, in in all of this, is really interesting because he knows, but he doesn't know.
5: He's an enabler. Yes, he's passively going along with it, yes. and he's making excuses for it. She's just tired. She's just stressed. Mm-hmm. She's just, you know.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. But Claire from Hawaii, I'm so glad that you are more than now 34 days sober because you sent that in last week, but maybe about 40. So so well done for you. And yeah, it's just one well of the wonderful things uh, being part of Dumpty Dum that we have this community and people feel that they can share that share what's going on in their lives and their travails mm. and their triumphs, you know, kind of with the wider Dumpty Dum community. So props to you, Misses, And uh, keep it going. Now Lucy do you remember there was this wonderful person uh, Lydia who was um, on the twitters and on the instagrams and she and she was resplendent in a dum-de-dum t-shirt do you remember yes. it's about
0: yes. a few yes. weeks back yes.
2: well yes. she took me to task because uh, she sent in at the same time and I was like well look at you in your t-shirt and because she's a you know she's a fashion expert uh, down yes. there in in uh, down underland and uh, last week sent me an email saying oi mush Right, I sent in a dis- Lucy asked for a dissertation about the tabard. This is what I do. Oh. You ask? Did she you do? You, it? You, um, yeah, he said, Mister Brown. Found. You ask for people's professions when they're first caller in errors So if you need professional help, we can provide it, and you know that we're not kind of bullshitting. I've done this. You're gonna play my call. I'd comp- What had happened, Lydia? Right. Anyway, why don't I just play the call and then yet again, I will apologise for me screwing (laughs) up. But here we go. Here's Lydia.
1: Hi, Lucy and Roy Field. It's Lydia calling in again. How to read address on the Twitters. Lucy, be careful what you wish for. You asked last week for a dissertation on the Tabard and I'm delivering. But don't worry, it's a very, very potted dissertation. So... Tabards originated in the medieval era and were first worn during the Crusades by knights who needed a covering to stop the sun from heating up their metal armour. These simple rectangular smocks were open at the sides, they were thigh-length and belted around the waist, and they were originally known as surcopes. They were renamed tabards, which came from the Middle English tabart, only once they became more common as professional and everyday civilian wear difference with the tabard as it developed was that it was generally shorter and never had sleeves. When worn by the wealthy, tabards were worn on top of other clothes, trimmed with fur in winter and sometimes decorated with a coat of arms or other emblem. Though primarily a man's garment, in the 14th to 16th centuries women wore long surcoats over a gown. Like the male tabard, these could often be sleeveless with often very long deep armholes and a wide neck. So the tabard that Susan wears is derived from that military origin. Um, From the 17th century on, it was worn mainly as a means of protection um, or of bearing some kind of heraldic insignia. The ease of putting it on and taking it off and the amount of coverage it provides makes it an ideal type of apron to wear over ordinary clothing in the workplace. They're also popular as high-vis garments and can be easily worn over uniform or plain clothes. So there you go. Um, I hope Susan uh, would approve of that. She'd probably find a lot wrong with it. Um, Potter dissertation of the tabard. Bye. That's brilliant. Mm. So that's the thing that
5: you see Crusader knights wearing.
2: Yes, 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 ah. yes, yes.
5: Don't you think? Wouldn't Susan love a heraldic insignia on her on her tabard? <laughs> she could have two bowls of chili. And a and a, car, a spray can of Mister Sheen Rampant. That's what.
2: Or <laughs> <laughs> <All> sinister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Lydia. And so sorry that you got lost in the the, the mulch of callerina, of course. <laughs> and basically, what it was.
5: Don't call our caller callerina no. as mulch. That's not very no nice. No,
2: what, what it is the the slight confusion shall we say what it was that call came through the week when you decided to flounce off and uh, not record a show <laughs> because you had like family holiday or some kind yes, of family commitment yes. excuse some so, and flippant,
5: that, ridiculous and it was the
2: week do, yes. when I then put together <laughs> the archive clip show so that's the reason why Lydia Ooh. then fell through the cracks because I went, oh well, we can't put it on that show because she's talking about you know the tabard, yeah. and, and it wasn't a reflection on Dumpty Dum. And then of course in the week afterwards, then I forgot and I put in the calls and yes. That. so yes, so folks, you are when... becoming
5: with your apologies, you are becoming the Will Grundy of Dumpty Dum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> I am, I am sat next to my laptop and my microphone with a shotgun, Lucy. I'll tell you, I, I, <laughs> I am on the edge. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, uh, but, but thank you for that, Lydia. That was most educational. It and, was um, brilliant. It was. Now, um, I should have said this at the start of the show, and I'm just throwing this in now, just because it's just come to mind, uh, Lucy. Things are like coming on uh, a pace with uh, the dum 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 uh, November the night from right. Yes. So there is now dinner booked at the picture and oh, piano. God, it's
0: there.
2: Yeah, you don't have to come. <laughs> no, right. no,
5: no. It's not that. It's just last time, didn't we have loads of people wandering around? Oh, I can't remember.
2: I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway, <laughs> right. So from five o'clock, folks. To seven, half seven. We have dinner uh, now scheduled for the pitch and piano at Brindley Place, just by the canal. Lovely walk from the town hall uh, to to the PMP, and you can book your own scram. Right. Uh, so you can order your own scram. So we're not doing the buffet menu as I did last year at Cozy Club. Um, by the time that you hear this, you'll be able to go to com and book your place. It's a five address to secure your place because they need to know numbers. Very obviously. Then, Lucy, you know what we're going to do afterwards? Take a wild guess. Karaoke. No. Another guess. Dancing. Uh, Probably but I'm not organising that. Uh, we are going to Lotus go. Skating. Oh
0: no, you know, oh
2: crumbs! No, I did say to somebody that actually we'll go down to the gay village and we'll go to um, we'll go to one of the clubs down there and do an Adam and an Ian thing. Yay! Anyway, no, we're going to no. the gin, g- the gin vaults, and we're going to have some scruff gin. Whoa! Oh. There is a wonderful little bar called the Gin Vaults down by the canal. It's a like, five minute walk from the pmp that is we're now booked in for there for seven thirty until and as you walk in you get a complimentary gnt and it's going to be scruff gin that is going to be served so folks go on to dumbydum.com um from uh, go on to com and book your place for either the gin vaults or dinner at the picture and piano and then after that I don't know Lucy will be in such a state of inebriation that uh you know who knows all bets will be off as to what we then do afterwards but uh it's the gin vaults and it's PMP and of course you need to book your tickets for dum-de-dum life I'll have
5: William with me so I won't do any of that
2: right okay sorry (laughs) We should have mentioned that well, earlier on. I'll be in a state of such inebriation <laughs> I'll be doing my best um, Alice impression. One whiff of the barmaid's tabard,
5: and you exactly,
2: are an exactly, exactly. Yes. So, but anyway, okay. So, uh, bought your tickets for Dumb Dum Live, and we had a lovely little surge last week. So, thank you for all those people. That went, Ooh, I think I'm gonna go to that. Uh, still have tickets available. Uh, that's the Town Hall website for that. All the other stuff, you can go to dumjum.com. You can go book that now. Uh, so that is Lydia and the Tabard. Now, oh, Lucy, we've got a first time caller in era, and his name's David. Hello, Lucy. Hello,
0: Royfield. My name's David. I'm a first time caller in I, I think I'm a Sharon. I remember very much Sharon and Kylie moving into the caravan and John's nightly visits uh, in pursuit of love. Uh, arriving at the caravan door like some sort of Don Juan yeah. in Wellington boots. <laughs> um, I'm calling because I'm finding some of the storylines at the moment feel like they have the heavy hand of a new editor upon them. Uh, the whole Ed, Will, and Emma thing seems like a setup for yet more hot brother on brother action. Um, Tracy <laughs> is a terrific new character, uh, but I found the whole ghost storyline just completely ludicrous and uh and joy who's arrived at the parish council oh gosh she's <laughs> awful. Um, and then she's d- turned up in another episode so i very much hope that a tractor skids on some slurry and runs her over um <laughs> the, I think it was the rewilding of ambridge um They never told us what rewilding means in the meeting. They cut away. And whenever they talked about it, Phoebe and Pip and Rex, Pip was on a phone. So we never really learned what this rewilding is. But my question is, was Ambridge ever wild? Uh, Agriculturally, they've probably been farming in Ambridge since um, before the Romans came. So I don't know what wildness we're intended to go back to. So unless rewilding in some way refers to Brian Aldridge being let out again uh, <laughs> to, to roam the village, and then I don't know what rewilding means. Anyway, um, I love Dumpty Dum very much, and I also like moaning about uh, the archers. So thank you very much.
2: Oh, <laughs> that was almost done to perfection, sir, but not quite. But wonderful call, well done. You know, you you he started high, hasn't he? he started really well That's a first-time caller in her. Eh? It's like it's he not that first call out the park, so to speak. So I just hope with your second call, you can keep up to those high standards, David. Uh, right. So, what did he talk about? He, that he? bloody how, woman the, again? How?
5: <laughs> I mean, do you think she's going to be a proper character? I mean, are we going to meet Rochelle and all those people? I mean, why? We don't need any more people. Go away, people. I don't like them, new
2: people. Mm. <laughs> I hope we hear no more than whenever that. Well, oh, you know what? You
5: can tell if you go on Twitter and see if Wait the actors in their Twitter you account me a going, question? oh, no, no, no. Sorry, well, can I Sorry, answer? Okay? Sorry, can- Jesus. Bloody hell. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Only I'm just doing it now. Sorry, sorry.
2: I would like her to be an occasional voice once, twice a year when they have to talk about Beechwood, when Beechwood gets mentioned, you know, because she's going to okay. be the Dennis Fletcher, the Derek, Derek. Fletcher, Derek, sorry, the Derek Fletcher, we'll get letters editor, you now. know, of, of Beechwood, isn't she? And maybe we yes. can just over time segue her into being a silent because she brings nothing <laughs> to this thing uh, other than unremitting boredom, but that's her whole point. I get that, uh, and also she plays the the role of, be, of being uh, the newbie into the village who doesn't understand rural life. Yeah, you know, there's there's lots of muck and and stuff and kind uh, of so. Uh, anyway, I don't know what more to add, Lucy. So no. um, it is it is the Lucy show. So why don't you? Uh, Prattle on, and then I'll just hum and ha. Go.
6: No,
5: no, that was that was it. I said everything. Really? I don't like her. I wanted to stop. Yes. <laughs> That's it.
2: Right. Okie dokie. All right. So uh, that was our David. Now it's, oh, slight blast from the past. Or was it blast from the
6: past? It's Red Agnes. Hello to all the Dumpty pets. That's Angus Hag- Haggis, Basil, and probably Scruff. Um, also, all the human Dumpty Dummers. It's the Dumpty Dog, Moggs here, Peason and Tilly, and Red Agnes from up north. I've never mentioned before, I think I might be a Ruth Pritchard. I remember Marjorie Antrobus and Nelson Gabriel, but obviously not when they joined, I'm not that old. Um, I've been off writing a <laughs> dissertation which has all me to tears and has taken such a long time that it's only taken me now to recover, and I'm that far behind on the archers, that so it's taken me that long to catch up. Bit of a discussion point here. Emma is beyond a chip on the shoulder. She's a Mm. social climbing snobmeister. And I think she's a female coercive controller. I had to look it up in the dictionary just to check. And the way she's treated Ed is just dreadful. Ed has only ever wanted to look after her and her family. And he's wanted to keep them all together. It was her that wanted the house and it was her that forced him into breaking the law. And now she's blaming him for that. As for the way she treated Will, she definitely gave him the come on. um, And now he's fallen to bits and she's threatening uh, to keep all the kids away from him. She's just vile. Um, But because she's a woman, maybe we don't see it as coercive control. Disgust. Anyway, Will, I think he's probably got a personality disorder. I don't think he's capable of of any redemption, although I'm sure Witherspoon could probably talk about that. But things could be looking up. If he does lose his job as a gamekeeper, he could actually run the slaughterhouse because say no more. Finally, I just wanted to say Royfield, stop putting yourself down. You do know stuff about stuff. Oh. And I've just had my uh, kitchen redone, and as I was being asked about all sorts of ridiculous things, it made me think that you're the grout between Lucy's ceramic tiles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and-
2: <laughs> oh, how to... I was going to say damning with faint praise, but that's just damning. <laughs> <laughs> so I've called you a suicidal gamekeeper,
5: and she's called you grouting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suppose I should thank you because. I... <laughs> oh dear! All right. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Come on, ceramic tile.
5: Who's next?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just before I forget, the reason why I know that I've been listening to The Archer since 1984 is because the the character of Marjor- Marjorie Angebras, uh that's when she appeared. And she came as a fully formed, Older person. Yeah. I think yeah, she's already yeah, yeah, retired. Yeah, she, did. she didn't, yeah, she wasn't. No, because
5: I was I'm about the same vintage and I remember the dog woman. I remember exactly Joe, the,
2: Rangers, the dog woman. a, yeah. a Afghan hounds yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah, she she came from Sittingbourne or somewhere. I I can't remember, but uh so No, yeah.
5: that was Linda came from that was Linda. Um
2: so where did Marjorie come from?
5: She came from Jupiter. somewhere
2: down, down <laughs> south. I
5: don't know. <laughs> It would have been posh because anyway. Sunningdale was nouveau, and uh, mm-hmm. Marjorie Antebrus was um uh, apologist. Anybody living in Sunningdale, uh, Marjorie was was kind of um, more um uh, more old school, probably Gloucestershire or something. let to look well,
2: it up now. What but... uh, I'm I'm looking it up as well.
5: Ah, colonial background in Kenya. K-
2: Kenya, you have Kenya. to call
5: it Kenya now. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So where were, she didn't come straight from Kenya, though, because that I would have remembered, surely.
5: She was the widow of Teddy Antrobus, mm-hmm. who came from, uh, they, they lived in Kenya.
2: Oh, huh. mm. she came from Kenya. Breeder of Afghan hounds, got that bit right. Nightingale farm. Da, 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 da. Hello. Moving on. Right we we we're both reading wikipedia now we should be we should be podcasting <laughs> I
5: you just say something
2: Oh sorry 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 Uh right so last week in in in, in Ambridge uh just coming back on to this before we do the Mealy bell bit Um uh, I must admit you know I'm a history bore yeah. So the whole Philip and Jim discussion, uh, that didn't pique my interest. Though I couldn't work out why Jim was lying to Jazzer and, and, and Alistair is the fact that he just didn't want Philip to yeah. uh you know to to do the extension. But I'm I'm with you, Jim, right? The man's an artist knows nothing about history. History is there for us to preserve the the wonderful bits of the past. Uh, but, and, but also to learn and, and, and Philip was just like, you know, crass. So well done for you. And it's lovely to have the old Jim back that Jim seems to be, you know, as yeah. cantankerous as ever. And, um, you know, he's back in the saddle, so to speak. Uh, I'm running through these notes and this doesn't sound like, um, like I'm running through notes at all. When I say things like I'm running through my notes, uh, David, <laughs> this old bloody jacket, you know, I, there is a point here. What age do you have to be before you go? You know what? I am a bit long in the tooth now, because it's for not what? fifty anymore for life, Lucy, for the University of Life. For like, you what? what you're you know supposed what? to
5: just give up? No, I didn't again. say you're that. I said you're long okay.
2: in the tooth. Not like you, you know, you wanted to just throw yourself underneath the the nearest bus or off a cliff. I'm not saying that. But when you go, you know what? I've lived a life. If you if you expire at fifty, you haven't quite lived a life, have you?
5: No. All
2: right, Sixty, and that's what and I and I hadn't thought about this, but I think sixty kind of is that age where you can say, Well you've got to sixty, you've seen you've seen stuff, haven't you? Like if yeah. you're sixty, you basically your grandkids are adults by the time you're sixty. If you've yeah. had them at the appropriate kind of like age, it's appropriate's the wrong word, you know what I mean. Yeah. The typical age and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that Dave is having a little bit of a crisis, you know. Yeah, because he's reflecting on his life.
5: Yeah. Yes. It's just a bit cliche, isn't it, to pits. do the whole? But it's just a bit cliche to do the loud music and, you know, because you can have a You can you can address the fact that life has has sort of accelerated a bit, and that you possibly have become a bit stagnant. But it doesn't mean you have to try and...
2: <laughs> so David's and... become stagnant, has he?
5: Well, he has a bit, hasn't he? But, you you know, you don't... Well, he spends most of his time asleep, doesn't he? Or eating. But you kind of... um
2: don't... he spent doesn't... most of his time on the farm, Lucy. <laughs> Come on.
5: But it doesn't necessarily mean that you then mm. have to try and reclaim your youth. Why can't you just enjoy the age you are and do different things? It doesn't have to mean that you have to pretend to be 20 and whatever. That's what I don't understand. Mm-hmm.
2: I know we've talked about this on a dum-de-dum way back when, and this is like there's no insight that I'm going to depart, which people don't already know. But it does, I'm really, when I think about my grandparents being 60, even 50 when I was, when I was obviously younger, and then my parents now, they are so much more youthful, you know. Yeah, yeah. 50, 60, 70 isn't what it was in the 1970s or 80s, let no. alone, God, the 1950s no. when, when it's like my mother and father, like they ride their bikes, they, you know, they, they my mum goes to yoga, my, yeah. my dad is do, doing all sorts in a way that my grandfather um like my mother's mother because I didn't know my my father's mother's mother my mother's father sorry because I didn't know my father's father chalk and cheese light and shade you know my father is so physically much more active and and in the old days I think they kind
5: of got to a certain age they got to 50 decided right that's it feet up that's it it's all over you know well yeah and there was if you could if you were able to and um because your life expectancy wasn't as long So Hmm. you were middle-aged when you were 40 and you were knocking on when you were 70.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
5: now the whole thing sort of accelerated and stretched out and now, yeah.
2: Which is in in part the reason why we have this crisis to do with with pensions and whatever, because when the whole pension system was designed, you were only supposed to live three years. On average, uh, you know, your average Brit died at what, something like 68 back in the 1940s. So, of course... You know, you could, uh, they could say, oh, we'll give you a pension until, until you croak, and full well yeah. knowing that you had three years in you on average. Yeah. Now, yeah. these old biddies are going for 20 odd years after they retire. Yep. Good the on. fuckers. <laughs> 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 yeah, my folks are a case in point, my mum and I. Just nipping down to yoga. It's like bloody hell, you're retired. Have your Horlicks and just blanket out of the Marple. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And just sat in front of the TV dribbling. No, 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 no. She's <laughs> out there living life. Telling me this weekend she went on a walk round the round Matlock and went to some old state. Oh lovely. And stay.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went to Chatley, like,
2: did she? Uh I can't remember. She was she's wittering on about the fact that it was some Christian group and then because it's all part of her being a reader. Oh, so it was okay. all, all these readers in training and they all right. went. And then there was some member of the public that said, what are you all, What are you ladies all doing? Because it was all ladies, all female yeah. readers. And, uh, and they said, oh, we're a Christian group and blah, blah, blah. She said, well, can I tag along? So some, some random to tagged along and went walking with them and you know and did all their Christian stuff in the middle of the middle of nowhere in Derbyshire. It was all my mum said she had a wonderful time. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. Uh you know what, Luce?
5: Oh we've got lots when of emails. I... Can I do them?
2: Oh God. I just when whenever I'm queued up to do something, can and I go, you know what, loose? You must have realized after two hundred and what ninety episodes, I'm about to say something. Then you just like chop my legs from underneath me because you I think you're going to do you're your going to do, you do, do a segue
5: remi- into something that isn't relevant. Oh, so I'm trying you to know, cut you, you off.
2: You, you know me so well, and I it know. was relevant, and it was very interesting.
5: Okay. Well, anyway, here's the emails.
2: Kathy, oh God,
5: <laughs> Kathy Bowden said, mm. I am just listening to the truly bumper Dumpty Dum 292. And I heard you saying that Poland has converted to the euro. This is not so. Do not throw away any Zloty that you have left over from that trip to Krakow. Poland still uses Zloty, the Czech Republic, where I am, still uses Crowns, and Croatia still uses the Kuna. All the best, Kathy. Thank you very much, Kathy. You have proved Royfield wrong, which is always a joy. Uh, This is from Christine on the Twitters. There's another Royfield attack. Hey, Royfield, (laughs) can I please make a polite request? Please don't put a load of music on the end. When I'm driving long distances, I create a podcast playlist with the up next thing. And although I like Elton John, I had other podcasts to catch up on. Have Mm. you been playing with
2: Elton John? Uh, I have. I have. Mm. And, And the thing is, the problem is with all with that elton john right so the problem
5: is with that elton john yes
2: that elton john number in particular that are you ready for love it's rather long it's about 8 to 9 minutes in length so i played the disco remix which is like longer than long and i can fully appreciate Christine that you're there going okay so like they're gonna come back and say something <laughs> after this and if you've waded it through
0: went, oh, eight
2: and a half oh. minutes <laughs> of, of Elton John uh, and then you get nothing at the end uh, you can feel a little bit dizzled. however I do like mixing it up with dum-de-dum and throwing a little bit of music on in the middle every now and then and having little segues so I can't say that I'll never ever do it again but what I will do is not play eight and a half minute long disco mixes right at the end just in case you're expecting you know some some little (laughs) witticism from Lucy afterwards (laughs) yeah you think well okay that's that so I apologize for that but it could well happen again but thank you for for your tweet
5: (laughs) okay next uh Ash from Broccoli um Mm. After the whole Tracy Horobin ghost nonsense was tied up in a conclusion, along comes another risible story. This time it's based on Jill's lover, whose name escapes me, attempting to make these scrap cakes, which sound fucking revolting, and I pretty much eat anything, even celery. Cue weeks of being in the kitchen, hurriedly hiding cooking evidence, rushing round to other characters' kitchens to practice. Oh, the hilarity which is bound to unfold for weeks on end. I know that there needs to be some light and shade, but honestly, is this the best the writers can come up with on another matter i am also struggling to understand this loving with the tracy character A white working class woman who shows a bit of humanity now and again, endlessly caught in low-paid work. Sort of a female Eddie Grundy to me. My views may not be popular, but I never caught popularity. Anyway, loving the podcast, in particular the occasional drift into sociology and differential educational attainment. In social work, we face the individual consequences of these inequalities every day. It helps to remember that these are the product of social policy, not always personal failings. Ash. Thank you very much, Ash. Really intelligent email that. Um, And yes, I think you're absolutely right. I can foresee also weeks of, in inverted commas, hilarity of uh, hiding (laughs) scrap cakes inside people's leather jacket pockets and blah, blah, blah. blah.
2: What is a scrap cake? Were you not listening? I told you last week. It's what
5: they were cooking. It's made with the inside of a pig. It's made from the the fat. So it's basically sort of unrendered lard. Um, And it was designed to be a real, just a a, a stodge, a big ball of stodge. So it's sort of like an Eccles cake, but made with fat and raisins and mixed peel and a bit of everything you'd got to kind of just make a real kind of um, fatty, calorific lump for when uh, there was not a lot in the store cupboard.
2: And did you make these, seen them made, eat them? as a child no i've never heard of them before you haven't because you no. said that was such authority seriously like i was like oh like i no, but I, I, there no.
5: are i'm gonna google it quickly but there are um there, there are lots of recipes that that use that sort of thing it's just a um a way of uh um just a way of um of of of, of using up lots of stuff and um and they always say uh in 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 england that when you use uh when because people would have pigs in their back garden uh and the pigs would be fell, fed on all the scraps from the kitchen mm. and uh then the fig the pig would they, they, lots of uh houses in villages would have a pig and then all the pigs would be slaughtered on the same day they'd all be from the same litter they'd all be slaughtered on the same day And uh, they would use every single bit of it. And they always say um, that that you can eat every single bit of a pig apart from its squeak. So this was another way of... uh, It's actually a Mrs. Beaton recipe. um, And this is another way of using up even the fat from inside the pig uh, to make these cakes. But they're very, very... There's loads and loads of, uh, of recipes like this that were just designed to just be rib stickers you know like you have rib sticker puddings just kind of to to make you feel as if you'd eaten a lot and you were full when in actual Mm. fact what you'd eaten wasn't nutritionally brilliant but you were full up
2: good heavens oh all right yeah it's a bit like mannish mannish water it's like um which was it's a jamaican thing and it's kind of like a soup, kind of like just like a hot drink. But it's like all the odds and sods which you don't basically eat. You kind of boil it and it's kind of like the juice that comes from that. And it's mm. called manish water. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's supposed to put hairs on your chest. You know, it's just disgusting. <laughs> it's basically because people didn't have anything to eat and drink. So it's yeah. a case of, you know, all the entrails, all the things which you're not going to eat, boil that up yeah. and then have the – you know the juice from that and yeah. manish water just sounded utterly repugnant yeah. and vile. It's like, oh, yeah. it's you know something your grandparents kind of had. Yeah. And stuff. Mm. Um,
5: uh, my dad always used to drink the greens water when you'd um, what's that? when you'd uh, boiled uh, sprouts or spinach or cabbage or whatever broccoli, and the water goes green. He yeah. would save the water and drink it because he said that's where all the goodness was, and that he'd boiled the goodness out of it. So he'd always drink the the greens water. Mm. Anyway, uh, next email is from Jennifer Corley. Who is she is... having a go at me as well? Nope, she manages oh, to, to, to stay oh, off you. Um, Ambridge <laughs> Pony Club on the Twitters, she is. Um, oh, I love Ambridge
2: Pony Club. She yeah, might well, be to. I love to, her because to...
5: she's. St- oh, is she? Yes, yeah, she, she was tr- struggling with the site, wasn't she? I think. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we did we did talk some, some months ago, and she said she's going to see if she can come along because she lives in Ireland, doesn't she? On a farm with a hubby yes, and everything.
5: Yeah. Yes. Well, I love her because she starts with the sentence, "Completely agree with Lucy." Ah, huh. That's giving this grant to three twits with no land is ridiculous. Oy, oy, and that the, oh, stop it! And that the whole exercise is just a vanity project for Peggy to play merry hell with family politics. I think there will be a sub clause that says if they don't hit the targets, the whole lot goes to Hilda. However, if Phoebe is half a businesswoman, she might spot that this is actually a great opportunity for home farm. Terrific PR after the whole poison lake thing. I think it was the. Yeah, Healy the Lake and the Am, reintroducing extinct species to the area, namely fish. They could probably charge rent to Peggy for the land they're already using for the deer, the rotting abandoned riding course, another prime target for rewilding, plus the whole concept fits perfectly with Kate's yurts. Great boost for spiritual home. An additional bonus would be that they could let the field surrounding the farmhouse go to ragwort and nettles to annoy the gills. Just a quick one today. These app things don't launch themselves, whatever Tom thinks. Jen. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no my friend Diego's got a company all about launching apps
6: mm. you know, well, it's, so it's is Jen all I like, think
2: yeah, sat yeah by the sounds of it uh, and yeah, I see another reason why I like Ambridge Pony Club because she's a dumpty dum ultra and we haven't mentioned them enough recently and these are the people that have the uh, I'm going to say the flag of Nepal but I think we now officially oh, yeah. call it uh, the universal did you see uh, Barry Faramont's Internet...
5: tweet by the way yeah, he's. He said, "Why has everybody got?" Did we talk about this already? We well, totally he did, said,
2: did,
5: Lucy. We? You're doing a oh, me God. when I
2: mention things which we've already talked God. about. <laughs> we totally did, Lucy. So anyway, moving on from that, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is a universal um, emoji um, on the interweb, which is for Dumby Dum members, and it just happens to look like the flag of Nepal. And what I wanted to do, and I don't can't, I. Maybe somebody can help me with this. So, people that are on Twitter and wanted to just demonstrate that you're a hardcore dumpty dumber, they put uh, the universal symbol of dumpty dumness, which looks like the flag of Nepal, uh, next to their name. All right. And what I wanted to do was to recognize that by giving um, the ultras, the real hardcore dumpty dumbers, some form of discount. Oh, God, I can do it. Right, so if you have a dum a, a dum <laughs> flag next to your name, right, you can have one pound off dinner and or going to the gin bolts. There you go. And I will have to just trust you, dum dummer, that you do actually have the, requis- uh, re- the required logo next to your name. Do not be lying because I'm not <laughs> going to check. But there you go. So there is encouragement yes, for people. Don't lie. I'm just not going to check. Well, <laughs> listen, we're all we're community. We trust each other. Yes. We share with each other, don't we? Right? Yes. So yes. I'm going to yes. put concession on there for dum-de-dum ultras, right? But don't lie. I will not check. It will be on your conscience if you lie and you say, well, I would I would be in a Dum Ultra if I could, right? You either are one or you're not, right? And you get a quid off going to the gin vaults and also for the meal at the pitch and piano. I can't get you any money off the ticket for the town hall, because that's the town hall <laughs> business. Right. So there you go. Now, uh, Lucy, you know me very well.
0: Mm, you yes. knew that I
2: was going to talk about something, and it's not yeah. random. Right. But people do like it when we slightly talk about things which have, you know, somewhat of a, you know, a sideways glance to the archers. And what I was going to talk about was I do love all this Hassett Hill stuff, because I remember I think the Hassett Hills came about in the 90s. The the loose cooperative of the farmers getting together to do things um, as a way of cutting down costs individually. Like I kind of remember it all and stuff. You with me? Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. And when I spoke to Charles Collingwood, you know, my pal Charles, uh, a couple of months yeah. ago, I said I do miss the Borchester Land stuff as well because I do like the kind of the cut and thrust and you know the the boardrooms and you know whatever and all these kind of so
5: damn it, Marjorie. <sighs> was,
2: yes. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, right? But I thought, but then Marjorie Antipas was never in a boardroom. But anyway. Whatevs. So the whole Vince Casey thing yeah. is a mechanism for there to be big business shenanigans. And, yeah. you know, we have talk of Hassett Hills again. OK. And then this is the, the slight segue. Holy camoly, Lucy. Have you heard about Succession? That show yes. on HBO? Yes. yes. Have you watched it? No. It's brilliant. Is it? It is one of the most stunning bits of drama I've watched in a long time, right? Folks, if you're in America, it's on HBO. I'm presuming it must be Sky Atlantic in the UK. If you're somewhere else on planet Earth, I don't know how you get it. Brian Cox plays the the patriarch of the family, Logan Roy. And basically, it's the Murdochs, Lucy. It is the Murdoch family uh so um Brian Cox um be born in Scotland made his money in Canada now lives in New York and he has this dysfunctional family around him utterly brilliant he is such a shitbag right he is an amazing tour de force of just a presence you are scared you are just like he's just unremittingly all about business every every member of his family is horrible, Lucy, mm. but in a believable way. They're not moustache twirling villains at all. <laughs> but you're like you'll watch one episode and you go, "Well, I don't quite like Kendall." Then you go and the next, one, "I don't like quite like Shiv. I don't like Roman. None of them have any redeeming qualities." But it's believable, and it really made me, you know, think about how good the writing is on The Archers. It's a different type of writing. But with the characters, we have, you know, we have light and shade with our characters, and we have some characters which are undeniable undeniably wholesome. Robert Snell. Uh Johnny. Um, and then you have some characters which are nice, but you know, sometimes you have to peel off that layer. So like Linda Snell. Linda Snell is fundamentally just wholesome and whatever, right? This lot are all vampires right but it's brilliantly done lucy i'm i'm just like bowled over and it is so obviously the murdochs um so he has this one daughter who is siobhan who's obviously elizabeth murdoch he has this other son roman who is this this dissolute just like piss said who can't really do anything but he's the ceo of this multinational media company please folks go and watch succession it is utterly brilliant you'll come out of it needing a slight wash but and and it is dramatically perfect dramatically perfect and it, it, it it's basically Dallas but 40 years later in terms of its high business its the rich its the privileged its the elite its the entitled but these are characters you can truly believe and the business deals make kind of sense so it's, if you want to see the inner dynamics of the Murdoch family played out for dramatic effect. Go and watch Succession. There you go. You saw it coming that I was going to go off on a, on a, a little bit of a, a a rant about something not to do the Archers. Well done. We've only been doing this for five years. Now, on <laughs> that note, folks, it's uh, that, that weird time where uh, you might get an ad, you might not. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear that um, the, what the ads were last week? Oh,
5: the Brexit, the, the survival Yes. Pack. And it's narrated by harassment. Yes. 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 Can we get any higher? Yes. Only dolphins can hear us now.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) So you might get an ad. And uh, if you're in Britain, it's going to be something to, uh, it's not Project Fear, it's Project Reality. It's Yellowhammer writ large. We're going to be screwed if we have a no-deal Brexit. You're probably an ad for that. If you're anywhere else on the planet, you probably get an ad laughing about Britain and the risable state of our democracy.
6: Thirty-six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one-dollar-per-month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work.
3: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind.
7: Well, it's definitely one of my favourite times of the year, the Flower and Produce Show. You all know I love the Flower and Produce Show and I love the Christmas Panto. So I had to ask the question, what is Jill's secret ingredient? And I wanted to know, was anyone prepared to represent Dumpty Dum at the Flower and Produce Show? And I asked for a show of hands. Sarah Kate Mary said, my mother got first for her shortbread and second for her flapjacks last weekend. She'd definitely give Jill a run for her money. Lisa Wallace said, I won first prize with a display of floating flower heads at my village show last week, and I'm happy to decapitate more flowers in the service of Dumpty Dum. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, Picton said, I won the shield for the highest overall points in the children's classes several times in our regional show. There were four classes, a garden flower arrangement in a jam jar, a wildflower arrangement in a jam jar a garden in a seed tray, and an animal modelled out of vegetables. It was a long time ago, but turns out she's also happy to help. Uh, Claire Asbury said, Our village show was cancelled this year due to a lack of volunteers, oh. which means I get to keep the trophies I won last year. Happy to do some baking on behalf of Dumpty Dum. Uh, Franklin Habits said, I'm already committed to showing off my plums in High Dudgeon, but I'll be delighted to cheer our champion in our <laughs> And Jed Robinson offered the advice that he's not sure of the secret recipe, but heard it started as a traditional Dutch recipe, if that helps. And Stephen Bowden suggested that it has to be Grange Farm scrumpy. It only takes a few drops to deliver the mind-altering effects that draw Robert Snell to Cider Club each week. (laughs) Thank you for that. We also loved the episode where Tracy Horoban somehow inveigled her way into lower Loxley for dinner. And I wanted to know who wanted to join me in the cheap seats as we watched that show. And Glenn Parsons says, classic lines, I can't make this Sunday as I shoehorn my way into your gracious home. Kate Lyle, I think they'll all have a brilliant time, except Russ. Russ will not have a brilliant time at all. Melissa Williams said, cheap seats? I'm splurging on the front row. Alison Hindmark said, let's hope Oliver goes too. Freddie and he are not snobs. Gillian Corrigan can't wait. And Jed R- Robinson said, as if Elizabeth hasn't suffered enough this year. So there you go. We're all looking forward to that episode. Uh, we also discussed, um, this was a very short thread, but Um, I posted, dear Wendy, our son is struggling with his mental health, but his job requires him to carry a gun. We have tried raising our concerns, but he is resistant to listening to our concerns. There was recently a scary incident involving the gun and his personal safety. We are at our wits end. Please help, anonymous. And there were not many responses to that. However, Jed Robinson said, don't worry, he'll be fine. Also, are you sure he'll be missed? And my favourite was Jimmy (laughs) Wiseman, who says... I believe they're looking for a kitchen porter in Gay Gravel's. What's he like vis-a-vis sharp knives? So thank you very much to people for joining in with that. And we finished off with something. I wasn't going to post on Saturday because I was so irritated, and then I had to, and I said, I have to say this because it's been giving me the irritants all day. It is bad enough that Clary enables poor behaviour in both her boys, but now Jenny is enabling Kate... It's great that she wants to enter her cooking in the flour and produce show, but she should be competing fairly. Yes. Then Tova. Helen Sanson said, wait until Kate actually asked Jenny to cook it and let her pass it off as a spiritual home special. Wow. <laughs> Jane Evans was Smith said, I got the impression that Jenny was manipulating the whole situation and will be quite happy to step aside. Hadn't thought of that, Jane. Thank you for that. Jane Mitchell agreed, though, and said, I wonder if mum-child codependency will be the next Archer's public service theme. Needed, but not dramatic enough, I wager. (laughs) Janina Krask said, I'd love it if Kate entered and came third or fourth. I'd love it too, especially if she's the only one that's entered Janina. Um, Janice Betson said, yep, Jenny should compete. Uh, Witherspoon said, unfortunately, I think this dynamic will still be at play when Jenny is her mother's age. And Fiona Crawford said, I'm sure there'll be plenty of other entries, so Kate is unlikely to win anyway. Look, it was fabulous fun this week. Again, uh, do love the Facebook page. I sit on the sidelines when it's Yoko Bear's turn because I think, well, I get loads of turns anyway, so it's not fair for me to join in. But I watch carefully because you are so funny and so clever. And uh, again, we had a great week, so uh, looking forward to speaking to you all in a fortnight. But until then,
2: hooroo! So our right, love, uh, right, Lucy? Uh, it's mirror headlines. Uh, We've right, we yeah. got the we got the finish line <clears> in <throat> sight, haven't we?
5: We have. Uh, mm. This one was sent in by Aurora Funny Pants, who is a long-term listener of Dumpty Dum. Uh Wales Online, man hospitalized with permanent erection after making, quote, one of the worst decisions of my life, unquote. <laughs> 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 um, right, and the tweets of the week, Jenny Prigg. This is after um uh Mrs. Joy Horville's uh scene. Go away, strange woman. We do not want to know you, and your first impression has failed miserably. That's what that's the kind of open attitude we like here. <laughs> uh, Banjo Betty, 11th of September. That was one of those episodes I sometimes listen to with a non listener, and they look confused, and my innards shrivel a little in shame. We've all been there. Uh, extra Dormouse, Tracy, here is one. Which wife beater retired from international cricket in 1982 when he was the leading Uh, test run scorer? Here is a clue. He got made a sir this week. The dick. Yes. Um, (laughs) Charles Puta. Freddie gets Mm. a job. One of Enid Blyton's less convincing stories. (laughs) And uh, we've got lots to meet. David from Barnet. Hassett Hills lamb. Slaughtering animals for the people, by the people. Yes. And alternative archers. Ruth, David, can you do the milking tomorrow? I might go through the family photo album and cut Pip out of a few.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's sweet of the week, I take it.
5: (sighs) Yes, sorry, I should have said that. Yes, it was.
2: Hey, Lucy. Right. What? Take a wild guess. Right. Apple Podcasts, Right. Oh, France. No. So, French Apple Podcasts. What podcast do you think is ranked at position nine hundred and twenty-four? The uh, Dumpty Dum. Spot on. Spot on.
5: Nine hundred right. and what? <laughs>
2: twenty-four. That's so quite, get these... I'm quite
5: pleased with that. We're nine hundred twenty-fourth yeah, yeah, yeah. in the French, and,
2: and, and, and we've gone up four places from last <laughs> week. <laughs> We big in
5: Japan, I bet
2: we are. <laughs> well, I would I th- I th- probably, but I, I do get these <laughs> these email alerts, and uh, and that just really made me laugh. Congratulations 90, to 920. 920.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and you've gone up well, four it, places. Well, it's only Jacqueline Berto, isn't it? No, Emily's back, that's it, she's it.
4: Well,
2: you'd you, you think there's probably one or two others, <laughs> but like, but slightly probably more pertinent number 18 in the UK.
5: Oh very good.
2: Yeah. It was our last episode which was a, a of fun. So uh, I I I did pat myself on the back for That's that very, uh, yes, uh, rather terrible love. pun. Yes. Thank you. Thank you Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But dumdum.com folks, go there. It's got the shop and you need the shop. If you're planning on coming to Birmingham on November the night, you're going to need to go onto the Dum shop, get your apparel because we need you turning up. Uh, with all manner of dum-de-dums written all over your body on bits of clothing. And you can only get them if you go on to our shop. And though, 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 Lucy, we didn't do this last time. Because, you know, a couple of people says, oh, can I buy a T-shirt, Mr. Mister? Mr. Mister Royfield? I'm like, oh, God, I forgot. I am going to come with some T-shirts and some mugs.
5: Oh, didn't they say we weren't allowed to do that?
2: No, we absolutely were allowed, Lucy, and they oh. expected us to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what nick said he says oh so we've got room for your merchandise i'm like merchandise he went well of course yeah I'm like, oh god so yes we 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 were allowed and i just didn't think because i because i is stupid all right so uh there will be some merchandise on sale when i say some i really mean some not much uh but like don't look just don't take your life in your hands Purchase it first. Go to dummdydum.com, hit shop, get yourself a nice T-shirt or a hoodie or a hat or something that says Dummdy Dum and turn up with that and a pair of wellies and then that would be awesome. And also don't forget that we need... Uh, the categories, the categories of what we're going to hand out for the awards. I know people on the Flick app are talking about it, uh, but we the, we need to we need to start coalescing them, don't we, Lucy? So maybe soon, no, there's no maybe about it, considering that we're halfway through September. I think in the next couple of weeks, you and I will have to send a few emails to each other and then uh, whittle down the suggestions that people come up with for what the award categories will be. And then we can do that and then put the online polls on twitter and on dumbydum.com so you can vote for whatever the heck you want to vote for basically then we can hand out mugs to the to the winners of said same polls so that's dumbydum.com go there it's got awesome stuff and of course read cosmo's rather clever funny witty on the nose podcast roundups uh because um they're there so go listen to that is there anything in red
5: uh, There is. To get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203 031 to leave a message.
2: Mm, awesome balls. And of course, uh, if you want to uh, support our show, and we did have a new Patreon last week, uh, you can do that by going on to patreon.com. And for the princely sum of two US dollars, Per episode, you get extra content. And uh so at the moment, uh you'll probably listen to if you're already a Patreon supporter, you've listened to my interview with Charles. Have you listened to it, Lucy? Not yet, no. You never listen to my stuff. I will, Don't I you will. think Lucy, but no, you know what though, right? I've noticed this about you. I've so noticed this about you. Right. <laughs> if there's a walkie-talkie, who's your biggest fan? Um, and I'm always like Lucy's done a walkie-talkie, it's really good. I interview somebody, and you never no, say, but that's because you have
5: listen... to listen to it because you're editing it. You can't <laughs> not
2: hear it Yeah, you're but the I one don't... that's
5: editing it.
2: Yeah, but then I don't have to then go on to the show and publicise it, do I? No. Just bigging up a friend, Lucy, because that's the way I am. Sorry,
5: I'm sorry. Yes, I will listen.
2: Really being noted. Sorry. Hmm. Right, so Twitter, folks. Go on there, and we're at dum dum I can be found at Royfield, and I'm just going to pass on the other person because she never bigs me up. So, who are you? Go on. You might as well know, plug B. yourself.
0: Freeman.
2: Yeah, right. My supposed co-host and friend. Right. <laughs> and, of course, folks, there is Facebook. Go on to Facebook, and Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and Witherspoon do their alchemy, they sprinkle the gold dust all over that platform and just turn it into wonderful time if you're an Archers fan because they've got this little area called dum dum on there and it's wonderful and it's warm. And of course, we have the Flick app, which I must admit I love using. It's nice and immediate and civility reigns there and people are so bloody funny and Aww. I love the, the ridiculous threads uh, like dinner, People just taking pictures of what they had for dinner, and then <laughs> loose. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> there is mm. a photograph of what somebody was eating, and it does look like a, like a set of dentures. It really does, and like and you have to you have to look at it twice. God. It's just there's some brilliant things on there, Where and was then of it, course. Then? Pe- Um, It was a bit of mash and a whole load of gravy. But the position of the gravy and the mash, (laughs) you look at it and you think, that's just a pair of dentures. Someone's teeth have fallen
5: out. Someone's (laughs) eating their teeth for dinner.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But then, of course, there's wonderful threads like everything. Grundy um life imitating archers it goes on and on and on when are we going to get a dignified exit for joe so in the show notes um of this podcast episode you'll see a link for the flick app if you're not already part of it and and, and again because this really has been the auntie jean show yeah auntie jean was at the start she was in the middle and i'm going to end with auntie jean um one of the reasons why i just love doing dum-de-dum is because there's some real sense of ownership by by you the listener. And Auntie Jean um is just an exemplar of that. Yeah. She says hello to everybody who when they join up to the Flick app in the welcome section, they say, Hello, my name is Susie and I'm from Singapore, or my name's Desmond and I'm from Denmark, or whatever. She always says, Hello, Desmond from Denmark, or Susie from Singapore, you know, welcome from Auntie Jean. And it's just, you know, she doesn't have to do that, but she does. And Auntie Jean, we salute you. You are utterly wonderful.
5: She is the best auntie.
2: She is.
6: She's our auntie. She's everybody's auntie. Yeah. Planning for your next trip?